It's 1928. You live in the German manufacturing city of Stuttgart. After being laid off during the Great Depression, you hear of a new political group popular among the working class. You attend one of their meetings to see what they're about, but are horrified by your findings. You quickly leave and never return back. You think the German people would never listen to such a madman. But just five years later, that same madman would become chancellor. The group I'm talking about is the National Socialist German Workers' Party, better known as the Nazis. Hi, I'm Joshua Borsnick, and this is Through the Pages of History. Join me as we explore the rise of Nazism. After World War I, the new German government, the Weimar Republic, is forced to pay out $33 billion worth of reparations for all civilian damages caused by the German military. The German economy, now in ruins after the war, is rapidly printing off money to pay the reparations. With this, the German mark value plummets, and prices of everyday goods soar. Then in 1929, the U.S. stock market crashes, causing the U.S. economy to plummet. And with that, the U.S. stops buying foreign products. This causes a ripple effect in the global economy. One of the countries hit the hardest by the Great Depression was Germany. You see, until 1929, the U.S. government had been lending money to Germany to pay reparations and to help rebuild their economy. This stopped during the Great Depression. Now, without economic aid from the U.S., the German economy worsened, and with that, massive unemployment followed. This massive unemployment gave way to many radical political groups, one of which were the Nazis. The Nazi party leader, Adolf Hitler, was a staunch supporter of the teachings of the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. One of Nietzsche's teachings Hitler took to heart was the idea of Übermensch, and a superior race which Hitler believed to be the Aryans. Another thing the Nazis used were scapegoats, one of which were the Jews, who the Nazis said were the responsibility for Germany's economic failures. The Nazis also blamed the German government, calling it ineffective. Hitler believed that the only way to save Germany was with him and the Nazis in control of the government. Then, on the evening of November 8, 1923, a group of Nazis led by Hitler attempted to overthrow the Bavarian government inspired by Mussolini's march on Rome. And after learning that Gustav von Kahr, the Bavarian Minister of Interior, would be giving a speech at the Bürgerbraucher Beer Hall in Munich, Hitler used this as an opportunity to garner support for a revolution. Hitler attempted to get von Kahr to sign an agreement with the Nazis, fully endorsing them. Von Kahr signed the agreement, but how authorities quickly had the Beer Hall surrounded the Nazis attempted to escape, but were grossly outnumbered. Sixteen Nazis were killed, and Hitler is arrested on charges of treason and sentenced to five years at Landsberg Prison. While in prison, Hitler writes his autobiographical manifesto, Mein Kampf. After only serving nine months, Hitler is released. Hitler, now realizing that he cannot overthrow the government by force, now knows the only way is to be elected. In 1932, Hitler runs for president of Germany, but loses against Paul von Hindenburg, a former field marshal in World War I. He takes second place. However, he still wins the support of many business owners, fearful of a communist takeover. 
by 1933, the Nazi party wins the majority of seats in the Reichstag. In addition to this, Paul von Hindenburg eventually gives in to Hitler's demands and appoints him as chancellor. With Hitler now as chancellor and the Nazis controlling the majority of seats in the Reichstag, he can now begin taking over. All he needs is the moment to act. On February the 27th, 1933, a fire engulfs the Reichstag. After the fire was determined to be an act of arson, Hitler convinced Hindenburg to invoke Article 48 of the German Constitution and give the power to invoke military law to Hitler. National liberty was suspended, and Hitler has the power to arrest anyone he wants to if he suspects them to be a traitor. Eventually, a Dutch communist named Marinus van der Lubbe was convicted in, of setting the fire. Van der Lubbe was an unemployed construction worker and was very angry with the government, so was seen as a, the perfect suspect. However, many historians now believe that van der Lubbe was framed that the true arsonists were members of the SA, who set the fire giving Hitler the excuse to call a state of emergency and consolidate more power. Van der Lubbe was sentenced to death, but eventually was fully pardoned by the German government in 2008. In August of 1934, Paul von Hindenburg dies. On the day of his funeral, Hitler, convinced that there is now no need for a president and chancellor, combines the two offices. With no one left to stop him in government, he can now begin moving forward with his plans for Germany and the rest of Europe. Thank you for listening to Through the Pages of History. Tune in next week as we explore the Second World War.